Kate Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone we about Bluey. We need to talk to someone about Bluey. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, Kate. Oh, my gosh. Can you feel the pressure Take from takeaway to bite? Like, <laughs> could there be two more important episodes of Bluey? <laughs> I really feel like we're hitting our peak. I really hope that this is not peaking too soon. <laughs> Firstly, I want to say a big hi to our international fans because you downloaded um, some stats this week from the Bluey Pod website and we've been listened to in Mexico and Germany and Indonesia. Yeah, like, I don't know if it's Indonesian bots maybe or something like that. (laughs) No, it seemed legit that, yeah. There were 16 downloads in Mexico. Surely, like, people aren't, like... That could could be one super fan. Oh, no, we've got more than 16 shows, though, so... Yeah, so they've at least listened to one twice. Two super fans, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe one super fan is someone that got a recommendation and didn't like it. (laughs) Thanks for nothing. (laughs) Um, But yes, it is exciting that people are finding us not quite as fast as they're finding Bluey, but you know... We'll, we'll take whatever we can get. I'm, I'm still amazed that we ended up putting something out into the ether. So I think this is wonderful. And this is episode 15. Wow. Mm. Good work, man. Oh, go us. Persistence. <laughs> so persistence pays. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if there's anything in this week's episode about that. Oh, my God. This So Bike is my all-time favourite Bluey episode. Oh, me too. Really? Oh, we were meant to be doing this together. We really were. <laughs> I love it it was actually one of the first bluey episodes i ever watched and i cried when i first saw it and i still get a little bit like breath caught in throat every time i see it now yes and (laughs) how's this okay so obviously the music is a huge part of this joff bush we we, we salute you. Altar. We salute um, you. But speaking of worshipping at altars, uh, this was also the first episode I saw. And that weekend I took both boys to Mass. Yes. <laughs> which, which the Beethoven's Ninth in the form of Ode to Joy does get trotted out occasionally is the yes. organ music at Mass. And um, I've been wrestling both boys in the pews. It's always a bit of a harem scarem thing trying to keep two little people uh, um civilized in a church nightmare. service but yeah the last song they played at the end of this hour-long service was ode to joy and the the memory of this episode just washed over me and i was in tears in like the back oh, of the church with the boys man. there and all the sweet little old ladies who smiled at me encouragingly and were no doubt thinking oh you know the poor mum, she just can't cope um <laughs> whereas if they'd asked me i would have just been like but the little My life wasn't falling apart, but it may have slightly looked like it. <laughs> anyway, oh, the music. The like, music. I was just going to say, if you thought that the music um, was beautiful without any context whatsoever, I think the story behind Beethoven's Ninth is just amazing. So okay. it was considered a real revolutionary piece um, mm-hmm. because it was one of the first symphonies that used a choral in its final movement okay. and it actually revolutionised like composing going forward. So mm-hmm. other composers like Bella Bartok and um, Brahms drew a lot of inspiration from 
him having singers as an instrument, basically, because wow. up until then it had all been pretty much just, um, you know, your regular violin, flute, can okay. cello. Man, um, if they thought that was inspiring, I should have seen bike. <laughs> And the thing that I love, because, you know, I'm all about the accessibility and inclusiveness with, mm-hmm. with Liv in particular. So Beethoven was totally deaf when he right. wrote the, the symphony. It's incredible, isn't it? It is. How? Yeah, and he performed it in Vienna and they got two conductors because Beethoven hadn't been out in public for a couple of years mm-hmm. before that. So everyone was super excited that Beethoven would be conducting. But because he was deaf, he couldn't hear the orchestra. What they ended up doing was saying yes Mr Beethoven you conduct the orchestra but they had another conductor to the side sort of behind (laughs) him and apparently he was just going off like he was like rising and then falling to the floor and like being super dramatic but he didn't hear because he was deaf he didn't hear when the symphony finished and he was still going and one of the singers actually um tapped him on the shoulder and turned him around and the orc the the audience was so amazed at the beauty of this work that they all stood up and gave him a standing ovation and they were waving their hats and their hankies because he couldn't have heard he yeah. heard their applause oh my gosh so i think yeah that's beautiful and and the words um are absolutely beautiful as well you know we all hear ode to joy at christmas yeah. but those are not the words okay. that are said so okay. i was hoping i could share a few yeah. lines with you O friends, no more of these sounds. Let us sing more cheerful songs, more songs full of joy. Joy, joy, bright spark of divinity, daughter of Elysium. Fire inspired we tread within thy sanctuary. Thy magic power reunites all that custom has divided. All men become brothers under the sway of thy gentle wings. Whoever has created an abiding friendship or has won a true and loving wife, all who can call at least one soul theirs, join our song of praise. And then the end. Um, can you sing it? <laughs> no, I cannot. What? Well, you know, we were talking about Seinfeld last week with Takeaway. Mm-hmm. So this week, Will, my my two and a half year old, has um, started doing the, basically the no soup for you, oh. like finger waddle. <laughs> no. But it's like, mummy, no singing, no singing, mummy. <laughs> I know. So whatever Aww. dreams I had about, you know, my backup career, oh, no, I totally dashed by Will. a two and a half year old. <laughs> I'd get a second opinion if I were you. Yeah. <laughs> you can still well, have Well, Liv your wants me to sing to Beethoven us. Beethoven moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, Liv the other day was like desperate for me to sing something to her because she was having a bit of a freak out and it was like the one thing that really calms her down is usually a bit of singing. Mm-hmm. So I started to sing it like twinkle twinkle to her and she was like okay okay good hit me with it hit yeah. me with the song and Will was just like mummy no no stop singing <laughs> no <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> anyway he can get in the bin um <laughs> I do love him and speaking of mass the end of the song uh, sorry ends with um brothers Above the starry canopy, there must dwell a loving father. Do you fall in worship, you millions? World, do you know your creator? Seek him in the heavens. Above the stars, he must dwell. I know. Yeah, lucky they don't sing that version at Mass because I would still be at the back of the church. (laughs) I know, I'd be in tears too, God. But uh, back to the genius of Joff Bush, selecting that particular music Mm. for this episode and starting as well with the beginner piano type of thing and just building and building into the orchestral magnificence. Yeah. How 
imagine him realizing that this was how he was going to score this episode. Like, how oh. happy must he be with himself? Because he could have gone for chopsticks. <laughs> Can you imagine how horrible that would have been? But I, th- I think like there's some little beautiful alchemy going on at Ludo Studios, right? Because they all just get it so right. I think um, there's such beautiful selections of classical pieces which are woven seamlessly into the storytelling. Mm-hmm. And it always just really works with the narrative and really highlights it, whereas it would be so easy for music, particularly of this sort of score, to overshadow, I guess, what else is going on. I love that there's not a lot of dialogue, actually, in Mm. this um, episode. And you know what I actually really love? I love that Bandit isn't getting up and trying to fix stuff for any of the kids. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And... I was thinking about it, this age group, like the Bluey age group and even younger, like our, our younger guys as well, their whole lives are just trying to do new things. Yeah. Like their life is this episode basically. Like every day there's something that they've never done before and they've got to try and do it. And it's all pretty simple stuff. They're always having wins. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, by seven minutes they've probably mastered it and that's pretty cool. But yeah, Mastering the finger waddle was yeah. this week's task <laughs> in my house. Well, I'm, oh man, I'm, I'm having serious words to you, young man, next time I see you. But, um, but yeah, persisting is such a big yeah. theme in kids' life. And I reckon it really sets up their frame of mind for the rest of their lives. Absolutely. Whether they focus on my childhood was spent trying to do things or my childhood was spent succeeding to do things. And yeah. a band, if a, the bandit in their life can sit back and let them actually succeed on their own, it's just going to be so much more memorable, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I, I was reading a parenting blog. I can't even remember what it was, but it was talking about the power of yet. And I think there's a song on Sesame Street along the same lines. <laughs> of course The power is. of yet. <laughs> it was like when little kids saying, I can't do it, it's like, well, you can't do it yet. Yeah, I like that. Um, and I think that's so true of everything in life, isn't it? It's not fair. Why can't I just do it straight away? That's not how the world works, kid. And the world is silly. <laughs> can't argue with that. Even now, I think, particularly in comms, you probably notice this too, man. Technology changes all the time. There's always new programs being introduced. Mm-hmm. And it's really scary in a way when you have to try and pick it up and do something new. Especially on two hours sleep. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> yeah, like learning how to edit a podcast. I have no idea how you managed to work <laughs> this all out in your mat leave year anyway. But, yeah, even for adults it can be intimidating and you do see it in the workplace where there are clearly people who are wedded to the way things have been for a long time versus people no. who are like, I'm ready to jump in and give it a go. And if we can encourage our kids to be flexible thinkers who are prepared to, you know, get it wrong but jump yeah. in and give it a go. I'm standing Brene Brown again, sorry. but I'm starting to see a business uh, model where we go into workplaces and just sit down all the workers and show them bike yes. <laughs> and then we go okay our job here is done that'll be a million dollars and just move on to the next workplace and productivity <laughs> would be through the roof well um and tears obviously tears yeah, yeah. kleenex would do well, well out of it my husband tim's a social worker and he does a lot of um over the phone crisis intervention 
And he always says, <coughs> you know, the, the beautiful band, the Teeny Tiny Stevies? Oh, yeah. He was like, if I could play like five Teeny Tiny songs, Teeny Tiny Stevie songs and play three episodes of Bluey to most people, I could sort out 90% <laughs> of their problems with the life lessons involved. Why is it that the kids get all the life lessons? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, there's a fair bit of like moralistic sort of, I feel like, messaging going on to young kids, but they need it. Yeah, I love in this episode, even though, even the adult in their life, he's, Bandit is watching on, he's not fully optimistic for them. Like he says when it's Muffin trying to get on the backpack and yeah. her first um, stumble is like, here comes the meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> so he is quite realistic, I feel, because Muffin does does have that meltdown. Oh, boy, here comes the meltdown. Oh, this is nice that he's kind of setting up the expectation for Bluey that it's normal to feel frustrated when you can't do something. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, I like that um, because, yeah, I guess there's a, a, a drive sometimes in parenting to kind of sanitize it so you can't you don't talk a lot about the challenging stuff, you know, where you do feel frustrated and angry and naming those emotions I think is pretty helpful. Yeah. Sesame Street again has gotten very good at doing Oh, very that. good. Excellent. <laughs> <Bless> them. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've learned a lot of parenting lessons from Sesame Street. <laughs> and then I really like how when Bentley is going for the monkey bars too, like again, he knows that Bentley's too short. <laughs> But he's not racing over there to lift him up and give him the boost that he's desperate for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like also Bentley having come so far to reach the monkey bar and get onto that first rung. Knows when it's time to ask for help. (laughs) (laughs) Rather than breaking an arm. How many kids broke an arm on the monkey bars when you were at school? So true. Oh, well, homeschool, sorry. No, no, I I went to school for the first couple of years and, yes, witnessed many broken arms. (laughs) I reckon um, learning to sort of push yourself up on a horizontal bar and then somersault over it was one of my first memories of, like, really something you had to persist at. Like, Mm. do you have memories of persisting or giving up even as a kid Kate oh yeah so much like um well I think on top of like normal kid stuff yeah like my parents had me in all the like swimming and stuff but I did music as Uh well and I can tell you now for the first 12 months 18 months of doing clarinet I sucked (laughs) (laughs) so and and I didn't even like it that much. It was, it was, it was, it was good, mm-hmm. but I wasn't like totally enamoured with it or anything. So I think, yeah, persistence in the form of my mum saying, "I am paying twenty dollars for this music lesson, so you will go," sort of thing. Because suppose that was a uh, lot of money. I um, had early piano lessons that, yeah, I remember many times of sitting down to practice and then just getting distracted by, you know, building the treehouse outside and. Yeah. And every time I went to that lesson, I was like, mm, yep, so haven't practiced. That's probably why this is still so hard and just <laughs> never remedying that. And um, and then my sister took up piano and was very dedicated and got really good. So after that, I'm like, well, I'm never doing this. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think I, I embraced the mediocre fairly early there. <laughs> 
But they say it takes 10,000 hours of doing anything to become expert, right? Mm. So, yeah, surely it's, it's just putting in the time. But understanding that as a kid is probably – like 10,000 hours actually isn't that much. It's I think it's like three hours a day oh, for well, three years or something. Kids have nothing but time. Yeah. But they've got – no attention span. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's no wonder there's not any sort of three-year-old maestros wandering around. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> Although this um, episode being the Beethoven soundtrack, it did put me in mind of Schroeder in Snoopy. Were you ever oh. a Peanuts fan? No, not really. I used to read the comics, but I never saw the cartoon. Oh, I, I only ever read the comics as well, and Schroeder permanently just bent over his piano oh yeah yeah, yeah. um was one of my favorite characters but but Snoopy obviously was just the star of the show and um yeah I think he's probably my favorite anthropomorphic well I don't know if he's not anthropomorphic I guess he still lives in a dog house yeah. but my dog with feelings <laughs> and a grasp of the English language um I reckon he's still my favorite dog um and yeah Bluey watching, is not your favorite well a favorite uh Mature adult dog. <laughs> um, Bandit. Hello. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Okay, Snoopy, you might you might have fallen down a few rungs, but um, watching Bluey has definitely brought back uh, lots of Snoopy memories because mm. um, obviously he had lots of very doggy characteristics, like yeah. the healers sometimes show. <laughs> yeah. How good's Muffin crawling along the ground trying to get the backpack on? <laughs> that is just. Like that moment as well, where they're all cowering and upset and having that moment. Yeah. Just before that. Oh. It's, it was very heart wrenching. Very moving. Definitely. And um, Bon has mastered putting his own backpack on in the last couple of weeks, which, yeah, was a battle and something that he had real um, determination about as well, because one of the little girls at daycare pointed out that he didn't know how to put it on. And gosh, what a motivator. <laughs> he had it mastered by the next day. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, wow, so competitive juices got something. flowing. Yeah, I've got to I've move in a three year old girl to <laughs> keep on, on his toes. But then also, um, we talked last week about um, dogs doing doggy things yeah. in Bluey. Yeah, Takeaway saw a bit of sit and stay and whistling. Um, but Bingo drinking from the spilt water puddle oh, on the yeah. ground. Like, for starters, Bingo's ingenuity is amazing. That is amazing because <laughs> when she first hits it, you're like, what is she doing? And then it starts to spill over and the music is crescendoing at the same time mm-hmm. and just lifts um, and it's beautiful. Yeah. And it, they were cheering. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, even just thinking about it makes my heart flutter a little bit. But, um, yeah, and they're so proud. And then it's that moment of, ugh. <laughs> yeah, that Bluey's too good to drink um, water off the ground, whereas Bingo obviously is embracing it, is uh, is very entertaining. Yeah, there, there is a point, though, really, isn't there, somewhere between four and six where you become a bit cool for doing the stuff that you'd probably, yeah. Yeah, but I love Bandit's take on it. Oh, there you go. That's disgusting. That's less than ideal, but it's still a win. Nice work, Bingo. It's yeah. still a win. <laughs> I think that's my, that might be my new parenting philosophy. Like, less than ideal sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> What's that? Um, uh, so Gretchen Rubin is another person I'm really into, and um, she's like a New York-based 
um, writer on happiness. And uh-huh. one of her big things is know thyself and also um, done is better than perfect. Yes. I so. think that might be the motto of this podcast as well. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. We're just <laughs> giving it a crack. curses the, uh, the editing quality every week. Um, done is better than... Perfect. Yes, great. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a great modern art piece and it's like art equals I could have done that. Yeah, but you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do like that. Oh, and um, you're doing a great job though, man. It's got a very snuggly asleep baby in your arms and yeah, oh, juggling it all. <laughs> We're persisting. <laughs> yeah. I love um, the sky in this episode. Okay. Yeah. I just, um, that moment in the park where the breeze after like we've seen these three little winds with mm-hmm. Bentley and Muffin and Bingo and then Bandit actually doesn't say anything to Bluey. He just sits there and there's this little breeze and then she gets this really hopeful look on her face Mm -hmm. and you can just see the cogs turning for her that, okay, so it's normal to try things and it doesn't necessarily always work, but if you're persistent and creative, you can find a way through and then she gets back on the bike. It's so great. And... (laughs) (laughs) very much an aside but I love they've obviously gone to the park to use their flat basketball court for uh, Mm. for cycling I reckon that was a big theme of our childhood finding flat surfaces where you could put (laughs) wheels down and that was rollerblades it was bikes it was scooters it was everything when we lived in Bendigo especially because it was very hilly um, if anyone ever saw like a set of basketball courts or there was a um, like a strip of asphalt where mm. the CFA did their training, which got pointed out very regularly, we should take the bikes there, Dad. And like, Dad, yes, yeah, yeah. That, looks, that looks like a quality piece of asphalt. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Bandit and Bluey are obviously onto it too. You, you were up there on, compared to us. We I learned to ride a two-wheeler in a paddock next to my house. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Softer, softer to fall softer on. Softer to possibly. fall on. Yeah. Yeah, long grass, so probably snakes. Like, yeah, <laughs> I think they'd get out of the way of a bike. I hope, I hope so. I'm um, glad you lived to tell the tale. Yeah, I definitely did. Um, we had a little um, Jack Russell dog, and I just have these memories of, yeah, riding on my bike and watching the dog just sort of bounding through the longer grass. Yeah. So lovely. I know. Yeah, he was the best dog. I pestered my parents for a really long time to get some sort of animal in my life. <laughs> I actually had, and I can't believe I'm sharing this, when I was really little I had three invisible dogs that used to go everywhere with me and I used to tie them up and basically guilt my parents. (laughs) And apparently everyone from the infant welfare sister to the people at the butcher would be like, for God's sake, get her a dog. (laughs) That is gold. Power of persistence. Power of persistence. I still remember the night where um, I went to bed wailing because we didn't have a dog and, like, was regularly just checking my watch going, yep, still wailing. Like, (laughs) this message isn't getting through. And we did get a puppy soon after that. So, um, sorry, parents, kids, uh, block your ears retrospectively because that is terrible information to have. But, yeah, persistence pays off. It really does. Um. I've loved talking about this episode with you, man. Is there anything else we should mention? Oh, man, like I feel like I could talk about bike for the rest of my life, and I probably will. Um, 
But yeah, I feel like the podcast might be finished. You should find <laughs> us on all the socials. We will persist with telling you to visit Bluey Pod on Instagram, Bluey Podcast on Twitter, our website, BlueyPod.com. And please love and re- uh, review us on iTunes. And man, we've got, for me, the two biggest uh, Bluey episodes knocked out in two weeks. I don't even know where we're going to go after this next oh, week. It's all downhill from here, man. I know where we're going, actually. Queensland! We're going to Queensland! So, uh, yeah, the next uh, the next episode will be recorded live in Queensland. <laughs> no studio audience, sadly. We're not... Well, actually, no. It'll probably be the kids. Uh, they might offer <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> but whatever it ha- whatever happens, we'll, we're seeing you soon, Queensland. And Yeah, we can't wait to get out of the Melbourne winter and be in your gorgeous, light warmth um, beauty in Clive Palmer presence. no maybe not that bit forget but... about Clive we're there for Bluey yeah we'll see you there it's got to be done got to be done oh, epic Nice work, Louis.